0: Good evening. Two, oh. two. We went early.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Go for it, Bry. Oh.
0: We'll start again. Good evening, one and all. Welcome along to Turn season roll. two, episode one hundred and twenty. Oh, I'm cutting out again.
2: Am I? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit.
0: Mike, take it away.
1: Take it away, all right, then. yeah, It is episode 120. It is UK Cowboys TV. Uh, as you were saying, it's the breakdown series. First time we are moving on to the defense. Um, so, yay! Something that um, all Cowboys fans agree. Uh, the Cowboys, the actual team, the roster itself, need help in. So, we'll start this week right in the trenches uh, with the defensive line. Yeah. Um, we all know that the issue's there, but luckily for us, we got the old Gadgie with us, who's been in the trenches himself. I've been in the trenches, but a different type, um, so we won't go there. Um, but yeah, uh, how are we doing, Paul? You doing all right, mate? Uh, I could
2: be a little bit better, um, besides my dog getting attacked earlier today, so of you a wee bit up, but other than that, I'm doing all right, dude. I'm just happy that we're finally talking about the defence, But uh, but... But I will be a lot better in the next 10, 15 minutes because I've got the pizza arriving. Yes, everyone. The the pizza's back, everyone. The pizza is coming back.
1: Pizzagate version, whatever version we're on (laughs) of Pizzagate. Um, But yes, guys, it is the defensive line. So we're going to look at all the players, the statistics, the numbers, We'll get uh, projections. Uh, we'll get your guys' opinions on uh, all those guys as well, all the players that we talk about. We're going to start on the defensive end and work in. Um, but what we will do is we'll start, as we do every week, with the news and updates. Nice and short, but uh, this week, uh, Minicamp has officially finished. That's it. It's done. So they're now in the lull. Uh, where they're waiting to start uh, the next stage, which I'll get to it in a minute. Um, in other news, the Hall of Fame game, the date and the time is set. So, all good news there. Uh, can't wait for this year's Hall of Fame. Very looking forward to it. And, of course, with uh, as we mentioned last week, California was coming out of lockdown. That officially means uh, that if the Cowboys were to go ahead, which they are, they're going to Oxnard this year. So that is good news. Mm-hmm. Um ever been to a training camp at all, Paul? Yourself?
2: Uh when I was playing, yeah. Uh for, for the for the Pirates. But it's it's not a not Cowboys like, one though. No, no, no. I, I can't afford it. Like, there's no way I could afford to go to California. And saying that, um if the USA becomes part of the green li- uh, the green light list, um I will be in California for the Chargers game. So mm-hmm. And also the the home opener against the Eagles. So, guys, if you're watching from the states, I if the USA are going to be in the green light, you'll expect to see a kilted Scotsman being high and proud, represent the Cowboys internationally. So,
1: funny enough, I spoke this week with uh, Shan, uh, you know our boy Shannon. Yep. Um Yeah. Saying, "Are you coming over for a beer?" I was like, "No, Paul is flying solo, so uh, you'll have to wait another year." Unfortunately, the the Poland clan's growing, so that means I've got to spend money there.
2: <laughs> That's right. For the put the baba, on the way. Yep.
1: That is why the uh the the sofa is gone. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, the the sofa that is regularly sat on by my dog, he no longer can. He's actually sat on the floor now. Um, but yeah, we're slowly moving things out here. I'm kind of gutted. I'm going to miss this. This little office, the flags. Taking down the flags is going to take me ages. <laughs> Honestly, I'll take a photo of all. The, you know, like all the games that we go to. I always buy a flag for it, and the wall is just caked in them. Yeah.
2: So, so what are you going to be doing with your office then? You're going to be moving it downstairs or what?
1: Yeah, yeah. It'll all be downstairs then. So, it, I. It'll just be exactly the same as this, but just in a different room. Are, doesn't make for big, great podcast talk in this, but...
2: No. no yeah. it bit, be a bit of <laughs> a, a general chit-chat from the start, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah, that's it. Yeah, get get everyone in the mood, as they say. Um, but talking of getting in the mood, um, you at home, everybody, get involved. Give us your comments. Um, get, if you want a shout-out, then just stick your name up. We'll shout you out. Let us know as well where you're watching from. We always like to know that one. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, as. We always say it's the world's team. But let's get into it, guys. Positional breakdown series, the defensive line. The way I wanted to start this is I wanted to ask you both a question. That is this de- defence generally, right? And forget about everything, just the, the players. Is this defence better or worse than last year or the same?
2: It's a big question, Mark. That's our uh... Just from your uh,
1: feeling, just a gut feeling, whatever.
2: I honestly don't know. That's the thing. That's my answer. I don't know.
1: Brian, you got an answer on that one? Go on then.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly the same. I don't know. I don't don't think the secondary is better. Linebackers, Mm -hmm. who knows? Defensive line. That's Paul's area of expertise. Okay.
2: But, right, yeah, so Are you right? You were about to ask about the D line, weren't you? Uh,
1: no, but I was going to ask you this, then we'll move on to the D line. Right, okay. Does, though, the hire of Dan Quinn make this defense better? Yeah.
2: You would like to think so. You would like to think so. Um, I mean, he did okay. I felt like overall, like maybe like not last season, where Atlanta was his best overall season. It was, it was with it that one of his worst of his coaching years, but. When you took into account, he did go to the years. Super
1: Bowl.
2: He did. That's exactly what I was trying to say. Like when you put oh, it all, in, when you put it all in average, he actually did a relatively good job with Atlanta in, it, job. in general. Just last year was just pff, nothing worked for him. But but he was more successful as a DC, a defensive coordinator, which was mm-hmm. just more of his bread and butter. Yeah. So the fact that we've gotten more back to that role. I I can't see it being any more worse than Mike Nolan. No way that can be. It it cannot get any worse than
1: that. Yeah. You wouldn't think they would be, like, in the bottom. Like, if they were in the middle of the pack defence, you'd be happy with
2: that. absolutely. If we've got a middle of the pack defence that can suppress all the other teams' offence to a certain extent, then it helps us. Like, like, we've got the firepower in in terms of offensively, like... Yeah. We, can, we can name ball our offense as much as we want, and just we know for fine fact our offense can deliver, like, especially yeah. now that with Dak back as well, because when yeah. we saw Dak like, being forced against the ropes, even though it may have been garbage shots for like trying to get a victory, but that Atlanta game last season is a mm. prime example of what Dak can really do, and given the scenario where we are de- the defense, we not up to the plate, so... With Dan Quinn coming in, it might take the pressure off our offense to overproduce. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know about you, Brian, but I, I think yeah. it's it's I think it's going to be a a big plus with Dan Quinn coming in.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, let's be honest. He can't do any worse than Mike Nolan and Jim tonsula did last year. I mean, they were rated the worst defensive coordinators in the league. So,
2: he is very low base to start from.
0: Um, I mean,
2: we and we can only go And in the defense for Tom Sula though, he was pretty much running it through Mike Nolan's eye, like, because it, it runs down that system you've got your defensive corner. he tells what he wants our, his defensive lineman coach wants to do. He mm-hmm. tells what his cornerbacks coach wants to do. So it's all the blames on Mike Nolan essentially, because when Tom Sula was at San Francisco, he was fantastic there. Like as a mm-hmm. defensive lineman coach, I mean, Not as a like when he took in charge of the uh, head coaching role, it was a bit too much for him. But when you look at his record overall, when he was even when he was in NFL Europe for the Claymores, and, and I can't remember what other teams he, he was with as well, but his record as a defensive lineman coach, it was above it was above average. He was a good deal like D line coach, but I think what with Nolan last year it's like I want my players to do this and do that and it may have been not what Tom Sula had in mind so he may have had to kind of I'm not trying to make excuses for Tom Sula but I just kind of felt as was all you know so but I, I know where you're coming from though mate where it comes to my loan and all mate
1: okay Yeah. Um. and then my next question so we'll start with the players so let's start with DeMarcus Lawrence, here is my next question for you, that we've seen what this team is like with no Dak Prescott we've seen that and it, it falls apart, are you guys quite happy to say that the next guy on this team, if he was to go out for the season, the team would fall apart is DeMarcus La- Lawrence
0: not fall well, apart, but we would struggle,
2: well go ahead Brian you go first mate this time
0: I I don't I don't think we would, and the simple reason is guys on our offensive line, Tyron Smith, Lyle Collins, Zach Martin. We saw what happened when they weren't there. Mm-hmm. On the defense, absolutely. If Demarcus Lawrence goes, the defense has a huge hole that mm. that has to fix.
2: Yes, yeah.
0: and I don't think there's anyone on the roster that can fix that Demarcus Lawrence-shaped hole. But he's top
2: five maybe of our
0: replaceable
2: players mm-hmm. okay like like for, for me like, like don't give him an eye like d law does have his critics like some these going to hmm. yeah so uh and he has to be when you're paying him all that money and this is coming from, yeah. br- coming from our, our own dreams uh, notebook he's getting paid all this money but we're not actually seeing the production to value that money so there's that i disagree but, i disagree but, no, no, but, no, but i'm getting to the the other point too, can i back this yeah, yeah. up it's like people know what d-law can really do and this is why he is the one that's always getting double blocked he is the one like they're trying to put the ball away from d-law yeah so so mm. even though d-law is not making any much production he is technically he's forcing the offense to go the other direction yes well
1: here we is- go just a- just to put it in perspective Because you were giving some facts out there He's 29, we took him in the second round From Boise t- State in 2014 He's in the third year as a, of a Five year contract, but when we offered it to him It was £105 million. Uh So this year In 2021 it peaks uh, And that's £25 million on the cap So it's a lot of money Yeah, uh, it's big bucks It's I big, can, big bucks
2: So for that, I can definitely see that being Restructured Oh, excuse me, that's the pizza.
1: You go get that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, and then when you go down that road, uh, right, when you look at it, yeah. Uh, in 2020, uh, and... When you go through his seasons, they're they're very much consistent in terms of numbers, statistically. That he's got 58 tackles, six and a half sacks, a forced fumble and two pass defence. When you go through his career each year, you know, there's a little bit of differential, but it's very much a reflection of that. Very much the same. I mean, like a lot of people will, and as they do, the first thing you go to when you look at pass rushes, you go to sack totals and you go, hmm. And then you go 25 million and six and a half sacks. And that is where the issue comes from. That that, yeah. that is the problem. But like Paul was reiterating, is what you don't see are the other statistical facts. And I'll put them up tomorrow on a post because I've got some of these. that um, That yeah. in 2020... So you are aware, Demarcus Lawrence's run stop win rate was thirty two percent. Do you know where that ranks in the NFL amongst all defensive mm-hmm. players?
2: Top top ten is it not?
1: Fourth.
0: I'm get- Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say top he five. He just
1: he sets the edge at the point of attack. He controls it, and he will not be bullied. And there's actually some other statistical points yeah. that you can make with it. That is really surprising. That in terms of his um, run defense, these are the players he was more effective than: Khalil Mack, JJ Watt, TJ Watt, mm-hmm. uh, Chase Young, and Tara, and Tarell Basham. From uh, funnily enough, <laughs> um, but the Dallas he was yeah yeah he was extremely effective at it. Now. There's a, a a lot that you can say with that, and you could be like, "Well, what what what's the problem with the Cowboys' run defense?" Then there's oh, wow. your problem. I know we'll look into that, <laughs> but like <laughs> obviously yeah. the issue that you have is the first thing, the very first fact that Paul made, and which is why I wrote that down, is that if you look at the way offenses play against the Cowboys. It's right down the middle. They don't bother trying to bounce it to the outside. They go down the middle where they have two problems. The interior aren't setting an anchor, and the linebackers, are, they're, they're biting before the ball. They're biting before they see it. So there's just massive holes in there. But the point you've got to look at is the, 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 the glimmer of hope is that any running back that tries to bounce it on the outside to DeMarcus Lawrence, they know they're going to get stopped. So they don't even bother yeah. anymore. What is an interesting fact, though, is DeMarcus Lawrence's pass rush grade. Doesn't get many sacks, gets a lot of quarterback pressures, gets a lot of hurries. Flushes the quarterback out of the pocket. He had a yeah. pass rush grade of 79.7. That is in the NFL amongst all defensive players. That ranks seventh.
2: Yeah, I believe like that's actually higher than like Sir so GJ Watt and stuff like that as well. I think he was like ranked right uh, or something.
1: Yeah, I didn't write that down. I did write some players down. His overall defensive grade is eighty-eight point six. So in the NFL, he's the fourth ranked defensive player. So he beat out uh, sorry, the only players he didn't beat out in the NFL, these three players were better than him. Khalil Mack TJ Watt, and Joey Bosa. That's it. There you go. Every other defensive player, he was ranked above.
0: Even Aaron Donald?
2: Even Aaron Donald. Like, when what? you actually kind of, see when you actually think about it, like, Aaron Donald is an absolute beast. We all know that. But, yep. hmm. I think a lot of people are now starting to kind of adjust to him now, especially from last season, when you looked what, like, Aaron Donald was put, like, even though he was getting the six in there, but, it would maybe be the one-odd play when someone would come in for third down or whatever and that, like, change the scheme and stuff like that. But I kind of thought it was what Aaron Dorn last year was not one of his best seasons.
1: And it, he's it can, still got defensive play. Right he's yet. still got defensive player of the year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, there's a lot that can be said about DeMarcus Lawrence. I mean, what for you guys is his biggest strength? What is it for you guys? <laughs>
2: His ability to—I I, to, I think
0: to be fair,
1: it's he does
2: set. Go on, Paul. I was going to say that his ability to uh, make offensive linemen make mistakes. There is that. And what I mean uh, by but, that and what, what I mean by that—is flags. Yeah, well, Holding is one of them. Yeah. Obviously, as uh, obviously like. <sighs> Just Because the purest-
1: thing is, is that's something that people don't realise that you know to make a, an offensive lineman put his was, hands on you and hold you.
2: I was going to, I was going to say, change of direction. Like he can actually fake step, It's like yeah. he was going, going into the five tech gap and move back and say to the feeder at uh, the feed tech. Yeah. So or C gap or B, to the B gap instead, because you know, like you take your first few steps, you can actually. <sighs> take the change of misdirection or throw the spin move to move into the front uh, the B gap. Yeah. He, he's really good at that. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and that's and that's what forces a lot of double teams because guards are now having to kind of like wait to see what D Law is doing. Is he actually moving back
1: inside? I've got that statistic too. But it's funny you I get you now right, but the one point that you made is about um uh penalties and holding People don't actually realise that that is also a skill for pass rushers to make offensive linemen hold you, so that they get a flag thrown on. That's an actual skill. People don't realise it.
2: Oh, trust me, I know. Like, yeah. Taught, one thing I was taught, right, is like, if you can get like get your arm underneath the offensive lineman's armpit.
1: How okay. come? hook
2: him yeah yeah get get the hook through right
1: yeah
2: and even though they're trying to block you but if you can slightly turn your chest and look as though that the hand is actually going across your body
1: mm-hmm.
2: and, and if you kind of lean back it kind of looks as, like i know it sounds as though you're being dramatic like it's like italian footballers being dramatic yeah, yeah. Like,
1: oh.
2: <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty much what it is and it is yeah. true. It, it, but, yeah. For, but for the referees, they see the hands go right across the whole chest plate. It looks as though that they're, they're pulling them back, mm-hmm. therefore it's holding. And use, yep. and it's it is quite. You need to be really good to really pull it off, fine all the time, you know.
1: Exactly, it's a skill. But but what for you, Bright? What is his biggest strength, Demarcus Lawrence's?
0: He sets the edge. No one tries to go round him. He pushes mm-hmm. everyone into the middle. Um. Yeah. It's, it, he, yeah, he doesn't have the sack numbers, right? Mm-hmm. But he also, keeps, as we say, he keeps that edge set. But it's not his fault. The guys who have been inside him have been virtual trash cans for a couple of years.
1: <laughs> yeah. And
0: I, it, it's unfair to say that of to them, too, because a lot of them are rookies or two-year starters. You know, they, they have nobody to lead them because there's no veteran presence on that inside.
1: And... The thing is, is when you look at the, the, the pressure he creates, you go back and forget about Randy Gregory because we get to him in a minute. Look at the guys that have been on the other side of that line and every single <laughs> defensive end that's come in. They come out on these one year, you know, project programs with the Cowboys. They have this resurgence of their career and they're like, wow, he's back. Look how great he is. Then all of a sudden they move on to another team and they just fizzle out. And we've seen that happen. And the, the, the only difference is that defensive end that's yeah. come in. Now they just haven't had DeMarcus Lawrence on the other side. That's been the difference. And you talked about the double teams. Here's a statistic for you that um, his uh, double team percentage. So DeMarcus Lawrence is double teamed on 35% of his snaps. That is the most in the NFL. Yep. Because basically. We go. When you look at it, when you look at the offences, they just go, well, who have we got to be worried about? And then, you know, we spoke about the other yep. defensive end that teams, these offensive go, don't worry about him. We'll deal with him as he comes along. That's why they get these big sack numbers, because they're so concentrated on crashing over onto tank side. They forget about this guy over the other side. And he just—he's running free. He's absolutely going for it. Yeah. Um, but overall, I mean, you guys—you think the twenty-five million then is worth keeping him on? The twenty-five million cap hit for this year. You're happy to keep him for that?
2: That will get restructured. That will get restructured. I have that every day in my mind now. Get restructured because you need to think about all the other players that we might want to sign next year as well.
1: I actually, I. I I know we're not talking about defensive backs. That's in two weeks' time. I think they're getting a, a veteran defensive back. I, I purely feel it. You can't go out there with the, the two corners we've got going out for week one. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's Tank. I mean, we all know what he is and what he isn't, and he does too. The only other thing I wanted to add is his veteran presence as well as his leadership. I think this defence, without his leadership in general, is just a lot worse, I don't know what you guys make of that.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I'd fully agree with you because we don't have anyone who's there longer than Randy Gregory on the opposite side. Everyone else has been there one, two, three years. He's your leader. He's your defensive line leader.
1: All right. I like that, that you mentioned him. Randy Gregory, so uh, Nebraska which is secretly Brian's team. Uh, He's 28 years of age, taken in round two in 2015. Bit of a controversial pick, this one when it happened. Uh, But he's essentially really, he's on this one-year type contract now with uh, 2.2 mil. Um, Here's one for you. I went back to have a look. So he, he didn't really start till week six. He came into training. From week eight to week 17, Randy Gregory, in all in every single statistic category, was a top twenty defensive player.
2: D- despite yeah. he's only miss, he missed those six games.
1: That's from week eight to week seventeen.
2: Mental, mental.
1: Yeah. Mm. So he didn't play enough snaps to get a, an official uh, defensive grade. But if he did, his overall grade. Um, which was 81.9, would have ranked him the 11th defensive player in the NFL.
0: <laughs> That's what you've got for 2 million. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And we've
1: got
2: here's it so thing, this year. So, so here's the thing with Randy Gregory. I, I, I love Randy Gregory. He weighs on the field. I think
1: he's brilliant.
2: All right. Whenever we do see Wendy Reddy on the field, you, you're guaranteed you've got that other edge, edge rusher always, like right? Like it was just, it's just mm-hmm. a shame with the side outside of football that that's actually affected them so much. Yeah, like,
1: and I don't it, think he's a bad person. No, it's no, just not, a, not, at a, a, not at all. A ridiculous rule that never made any sense.
2: Yeah, and he's. He's been punished left, right, and center, all these yeah. different bands cannot attend this, cannot attend this and that. And yeah. I just kind of feel he's been really hard done by. But whenever he does get on that field, like I will take this as an example. Tampa Bay, a couple of years ago, he came like it was that one game of the season he came in, I think it was, and he yeah. just complete, completely destroyed Jameis Winston and the Tampa Bay Bucks. And actually made the foot if uh Force fumble and uh, and Jalen Smith managed to recover it and went it done for the uh, touchdown. Like yeah that
1: that
2: to me yeah. like that that was like a coming out part like okay this is Randy Gregory when he's only like 60% effective when he's no had a training camp or anything like when when you put it into this season he's allowed to go to training camp he's had there his mini go. camp this is the first season He's had all this, he's allowed to attend yep. everything. Do you he's imagine been in,
1: he's been in he's been in the gym with the he's boys? Been,
2: exactly. So he's allowed to participate full full time on this with no suspensions, no yep. restrictions, nothing.
1: Help from ima- the coach.
2: Exactly. Looking at
1: going into game tape.
2: So do you imagine when Randy Gregory is going to be at a hundred percent capacity mm-hmm. where studying this game film, studying the playbook, the strength and conditioning, able to bond with his teammates in terms of, yeah. We have got ourselves a potential monster in the making. And if I was Jerry, I would still give him an extension. I would, despite, I would too. despite yeah. what's happened at, at, at eight, because I think within week three, Jerry will be like, Wait, I better get this done before he wants to test free agency. You
1: know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But, and then we have another we have another summer next year then of wondering if he's gonna get signed or not, like with Dak. And we just go yeah. through it all over again, but a different name. But I mean what is interesting is when we was talking about Demarcus Lawrence, we were talking that, about that,
2: Oh Dog just make, makes a great point there, the the interview. Yeah, right? yeah. Talking about like
1: yeah.
2: how uh, Mike Nolan used him last year, which like he didn't really use him enough, but whenever he was oh, yeah. on the field, he was brilliant.
1: Yeah, yeah, he was he was fire. And, like, yeah. uh, as well as that, um, he's also uh, said in an interview how much better it is with his past being around the team this year. How, like, mentally it's helped him. And it is. It, it's a unification, you know. It's the, the, the brotherhood. Mm-hmm. It, it does help you mentally uh, and to be prepared for it all. But when we were talking about with DeMarcus Lawrence, we said about how uh, the guy on the other side, how how Demarcus Lawrence is so strong on this side, the other side gets left alone. Think about this. Imagine that that is the case, which we've seen. We've seen it time and time and time again, year after year. But this time you're doing it with Randy Gregory, who we know is a legitimate pass rusher. Oh, yeah. Now imagine where you're going with this. And... Bear in mind, he had a pass rush grade of 81 last year. That ranked 12th in the NFL. He just didn't That's play scary. enough snaps. Yeah, yeah, he just didn't play enough snaps to, make, to have an official grade. Um, but th- there was something else I wanted to point out as well. Because uh, somebody said to me, well, what makes mm. him so good? So I'm just going to go through these numbers, right? and you guys take a guess at what percentage he was in the nfl during the combine his lowest percentile right his 10 yard split so bear in mind he's six foot five 238 pound right um so he had a 10 yard split of bang on 1.6 not bad 40 of 4.64 a vert of 36 and a half inches, a broad jump of 125 inches, a three cone drill, which is, this is just what bat, blows my mind. Three cone drill of 6.79 seconds. Jesus. There are wide receivers in the NFL that can't do that. In fact, DK Metcalf yeah. is twice as slow as that. Um, uh, a 20 yard shuffle, shuffle, shuttle, God alive. Of four point one six, yeah, shuttle, one point four (laughs) point one six seconds. Right now, of all that athletic testing, what was the lowest percentile (laughs) in all of those numbers? Just as a guess,
0: talking in the early '90s. 90s. So his his test numbers were scary.
1: They are crazy. So his ten-yard split of one point six. Was eighty-one percentile in the NFL in history. Everything else is in the nineties. Everything. That's an athletic yeah. beast.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So when people say, Well, how do they how does he win? you go, Okay, let me just explain this to you. He's fast, he's agile, he could change strong. direction, he could turn on a sixpence. Strong, I I don't even know where to start with to tell you how he wins. One of the things, as well, although it's a bit of a downfall for him, is his snap anticipation. He is usually very, very good at it, but But can get him into trouble.
2: But that's lack of reps, though. That's down in some sense, yeah. No, no, definitely, definitely, yeah, like. Like if I like if you're like not getting as much game reps even during training or even during the game, i gonna have you have itchy twitchy eh, itchy twitchy fingers to jump eh, <laughs> You know I got I mean? you, I got you, I
1: got
2: you, I got you. Because like, I've been in that scenario. If, I, if I'm going in, I want to go in and improve a point. I want to be yeah. that too eager, eh? And sometimes I if I'm that too hot. I'll just. Pr- Go and the ball's not even fucking snapped yet. And it's like, oh god, that speed jump a true stone in that 10 that's ten five yards down the line.
1: And also watching the game tape to look at at what the quarterback does in terms of his cadence. So you, you have more time training and watching the tape. You go, This is what he does. Um, but I think Randy Gregory's in for a big season, and don't forget as well, because it's at this. This weird sort of one-year contract—it's basically a contract year for him. And what do we all know about contract years with yes. players? They come balling out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, uh, is, what
2: this, this is what I'm saying. Day, like, see after likes so a Game Three or Game Four, I just hope to God Jerry actually reconciles, get his checkbook out, and give him an extension. <laughs> but the whatever. next
1: guy, the next guy on our list is Terrell Basham. Um, so, one of the guys we signed from the New York Jets, we just named him a bit earlier. Uh, so, he's from Ohio, uh, 27 years of age, taken in the third round by the Colts in 2017. So, he's on a two year contract with the Cowboys, five and a half million. In 2021, he's two and a half mil on the cap. Uh, what is surprising is he got three and a half sacks last year and three forced fumbles.
2: So he's still so, an, he is still an impact player.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, for me, yeah. I don't know what you guys think. I'll go through some of the numbers in a, in a minute. Um, the thing that, that jumped out at me looking at him is the arm length. Dan Quinn seems to be this arm length guy. And when you look no, at it, you go, ah, okay. No, that
2: if that's one thing that you could mention about her old NFL draft was arm length
1: arm length. I mean, I've learned more about arm I'm length wrestling. this year. Yeah, but I've learned more about arm length this year uh, with Dan Quinn than I have <laughs> in any other draft. Um, but I, I I, think they're going to definitely use him as a designated pass rusher. This is going to be our designated pass rusher guy uh, on passing down 100%. Um, believe it or not, I went back to go and check. Did you know in 2017 he was one of the 30 visits at Dallas. Hmm, so he's a, he's a name we're aware of. We brought him in. We knew about him. Um, hmm. But everything yeah. I, I think well, about tarrell Basham, it's got a lot of Benson Mayoa about it. I don't know what you guys think.
2: That's a like name that
1: on sort of Yeah. It's got that sort of feel to it. What do you reckon? <laughs>
2: I'd say, I would say he's slightly better than Benson Maw. To be honest,
1: yeah, 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 I agree.
2: I mean, he's definitely a good backup to Gregory and Law D'Law for sure. I
1: think, I, I think he's going to be used differently than them pair, though. you have
2: those I agree in that way. But in terms, of, I'm thinking in terms of rotation.
1: Like,
2: if he, yeah, yeah, like, like if D Law needs to come out, Basham will come in. Like, he can still do a good, effective job, maybe not as effective as D Law or Red Red, but he can still cause a lot of trouble. Yeah, I I yeah. just think, I think personally, to be it's fair, be Mike, more, I think you go on, go
1: on, Brian, go on. I think you
0: may. It, you made the point that he's going to be more of a designated pass rusher. He's going to be used yeah. in your 3-4 base defense as one of your outside mm. off-ball linebackers.
1: Yeah. In that's, that that type that's where role, his role is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, that's kind of how the Jets used them. Because he was... he was um. He was kind of in and out in that position as it was. Um, but just so you know, he, he finished the season, and this is on the Jets, with a 64.9 defensive pass grade. Uh, sorry, defensive grade. That ranked 58th in the NFL. So he was the 58th best um, defensive player. I mean, the only thing, really, I, I was going through the numbers. What is impressive, that's four, two 270 pounds. You ran a 40 in the combine of a 4.70. That's quick. On the um, um, speed size chart, he's right up in the top right-hand corner. Um, so that's fast. Yeah. So that that is I think, what, I think if
0: uh, we break up again, DJ Dog's point here. Yeah. Speed.
1: But yeah, agree.
0: Yeah. 100%. That's what you're looking at, you know.
1: Mm. Yeah, Um, but the next guy is a guy we're already familiar with It is Dorance Armstrong So he's only 24, believe it or not It feels like he's been on the Cowboys roster for years He's only 24
0: Um, Taken in
1: 2018 Yes, he's actually on a contract year So this is year four have his four year contract. He's one mil exactly on the cap, so not much in it. Last year was a bit of a down year for him. Uh, 33 tackles and one forced fumble, and he only got one stuffed play. You kinda of want a bit more than that from him. Any, any of you guys, I mean I, the, the, he is very, very different I think to Basham. I will give you that. You think so?
2: I'll be. Um. I think he'll be gone as well, mate. To be honest.
1: Yeah, right. I mean, this is I
2: mean, the thing, though. Go on, go on, go on. I mean, I'm sure Dorian's is a really nice guy and stuff like that. But from what I've seen from previous seasons, and that like I just kind of felt as he was just there just to fill out as a body more than anything. He didn't really cause any impact. Or cause any assistance to help, maybe a defensive tackle take up a double team or anything like. That. like I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I'm with Brian on this one. I, I just, I just feel as though he's going to get cut. I don't see him getting a new contract with us at all. I, I can see him hitting the market end of the season as well. So,
1: but be- believe it or not. His cover skills are are, are what set him apart from the others. He's great at covering. His run and his pass defense are extremely poor. Um, But he had a a cover grade for his position of 74.4. That's 14th best in the NFL. And he was the best uh, defensive line player for the Cowboys when it came to cover or on-pass plays and coverage. So it's a lot. So wait, different. wait,
2: wait, wait, wait! How how does that make sense? If you're on the defensive line as a pass rusher and you're covering, how can you cover if you're on the pass rush? You know what I mean.
1: Well, you play the flats as well, didn't you? It's pass rusher. Yeah? You still, you you can still be designated a zone on a pass play. I suppose. No. You not happy with that? Yeah. Okay then.
2: Probably, <laughs> I was getting worried probably, then. I was like, Paul, Paul. <laughs> it's, probably, it's probably just me. It's, it's like for me, I'm just like, no. It should be a more well, the straight, simple job. Good, just like defensive linemen as coverage. I don't know, man. It's just sounds mental. Mm, yeah. Yeah. He, he...
1: Got to do it. Got to do it. But here's another guy that we've signed. I've got him down his defensive end because that's why he played up for his last team. Uh, but I think he's going to play defensive tackle for us. And that's Brent Urban. Uh, yes. Now he's, yes, 30 years of age. 2014 fourth round from Virginia, picked by the Ravens. He's on a one-year deal. So if the Cowboys wanted to cut loose during camp, they could. And he's only on the hook for one and a half mil. In 2020, this was his best year as well, by the way. 36 tackles and two and a half sacks. Um, In terms of if you looked at him as an interior defensive lineman, he had a defensive grade of 76.5. That ranked 22nd. Yeah, from last season. That ranked 22nd amongst all interior defensive linemen. Which means that if you had him as an interior lineman for the Cowboys, he is our highest ranked defensive tackle on the roster, which is both good and quite sad.
2: I see Brent Urban as more of the replacement for Tyron Crawford. Uh
1: yeah, I can see where you're going there. Move him up and yeah. down the line. That's yeah. a good call. If you needed if you needed him to scale him. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
2: He can be a hybrid and he's got the size. Means what, six foot seven? I mean that is a big boy, and that's the that's He like the, is a big guy. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to remember what size Tyron was. I think he was like six five or something like that. But either way, like you can still move him, and move it, uh, move Brent up and down the, each end. Up and of, down. Yeah. yeah. So
1: be that yeah. Swiss Army knife up and down there.
2: Yep. Yeah, so I think he's going to be a big utility player. Like you know, you've got one of those players that can nicely fit the position and do the job no <laughs> matter what. Like in soccer, yeah. like you always had one of those players that could play midfield, up uh, striker, and play centre back.
1: Like the target man.
2: Yeah, he's one of them type of guys, I think. Yeah. So I think he's been. I think he's definitely been a. Oh, sorry, Brian. Why you go there?
0: No, I was just saying that was me in soccer.
1: <laughs> All right, was it? Yeah. Oh, no, really? Yeah. Over six foot, then are you, Brian?
2: Uh, uh but But I'm you know what I mean. Four. though?
1: Oh, so,
2: there we go. Then you are a target, man. So, 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 <laughs> I just def, I, I definitely think with, with Brent coming in, like, is he going to be one of those players we expect a big, massive, major impact? Probably not, but you no. what you're going, what you are going to expect is him is actually going to do his job and help <laughs> it's be a team player, like, he might actually get freed up because everyone else might be uh targeted, like D lot and Busy, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. he can still. Yeah. You can still make a big massive major impact in the interior for sure. So I'm actually yeah. like when we and when when we heard that you he got announced you got signed for us, I was like oh, hey listen, I'm Sneaky. actually like um, I, I I like this one is what is it's, it's yeah. one of those under the radar signings that can And
1: what's funny is at the time, I don't know if you remember when they signed him, a lot of Cowboys fans were like what the hell are they doing? Why aren't oh, we? I like, liked it. I liked it. I I did. I I was all up for it. A lot of people because they were all going, "What the hell is going on yet?"
2: You know what it is, mate? it's because he's not a big name. That's it.
1: And it's not a huge impact type yeah. play, but it's like, necessary. Like, it's a necessary pick. Like, or, or when, pick.
2: up. when you think about it, like some some players, like just because they're not a big massive free agent, they're not always going to be guaranteed. Even the smaller free agents that you pick up might actually end up being the biggest thing that's ever happened. Like, I'm just trying to think for example, I'm, I'm tr- I cannot think of any examples at the top of my head like a smaller free agent who's like a fringe player made a big, bigger impact for in our team. In fact, Cole Beasley's actually kind of a shout for when he left mm. us to go to Buffalo. Yeah,
1: he yeah,
2: yeah. Made, he actually made a more contribution to Buffalo as more of a sec- yeah. the second wide receiver compared to being a first-string slot receiver. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, 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 I suppose you can use that as an example, but in terms of defensive sides, but uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know where I'm going. He's to a big right.
1: guy. He's a yeah. big guy. Six foot seven, stuff yeah. him in the middle. He's I mean, done, he's got just, no pass rush. No, he's got no. like what you're going to know is he's got no power i've looked at this i he's definitely going to be a rotational piece he's more effective if you use him for 20 to 30 snaps a game you can't expect yeah. him to go the full 60.
2: and mate, and there's something just to add as well when you yeah. watch when you watch the footage of brent especially when he was it was the bears right yeah, yeah. when you watch that game footage of the beta with him at the bears right where, where was he most effective in during the run game
1: yeah. yeah, well, here you go. Yeah, I mentioned him a bit earlier when we were talking about uh, Demarcus Lawrence, but um, he has a run defensive grade of eighty three point seven. Do
0: you know where that ranks?
2: Top five, top ten?
0: third, third. I knew there was something. There was some stat that he was right at the very top there.
1: And so, what I'm going to go back to who's who was fourth. D-law. I mentioned this earlier. D-law. You've just got the third and fourth best run defensive player on the defensive line going shoulder to shoulder. Mm. You've just crashed an entire side of the line. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's why I think that this was a, a brilliant pickup in yeah. that sense. You can see Absolutely. exactly where they're going and what the rope they, road they were going down. The next guy on my list, though is someone that I'm less convinced about. Uh, And that's Carlos Watkins. Uh, So 27 years of age. Yeah. Fourth round pick from Clemson in 2017 to Texas, uh, to the Texas, to to the Houston Texans. I'll get it out. Yeah, I get it out. (laughs) He's on a one-year deal, 1.7 mil on the cap. Um Last year, he got 27 tackles, two and a half sacks, three pass defence. That has been his best year. He's done the most that year than he's done any other year. Um, In terms of everything else, I I went to go and check the statistics and the grades. He's outside the top 100. Um, At Houston, he was a bit of a defensive end in that 3-4 scheme. So I'm wondering... If perhaps they're gonna try and see how they work and manage that sort of role in him if they try and play a three four um defence at some point in the game. I don't know what you guys think. I'm less convinced with this one. I I, I personally think that although he's a very low risk, he's a very low risk pickup, he's gonna have a hard time breaking the roster. What do you guys think?
2: Carlos Walkins is nothing gonna be nothing more than a rotational player.
1: If yeah, he does, yeah. 100%. That's it. Yeah. Like, do you know go on, do you, no, I, I right, right, that that was up. That was <laughs> yeah. but I tell you what, it does scream at me though, Carlos Watkins. And looking at if you just go and watch the play, and it's very ironic that Dan Quinn is here when this happened, that he's picked him up, the measurables, and if you watch the tape, reminds you exactly of Michael Bennett.
2: Hmm.
1: When you look at it, you'll go, Oh, 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 hold on now. And you're wondering if perhaps Dan Quinn is just trying to do a little bit of sneaky peeky here with it to see what he can do to pull something out of the bag to get that type player.
2: Well, you've seen that during the mini camps right now with yeah. Dan Yes. Dan, Dan Quinn interacting with these defensive linemen players. Like he's giving them actual coaching. Whereas before, Nolan's in a bloody booth somewhere, trying to oversee and just shout whatever. No, yeah. we've got a guys. We've actually got a defensive one. Yeah, we've actually got a defensive one that is actually like engaging. You know?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's the, he he's there and he's involved with the D line guys. He's literally putting hands on them, showing them techniques, showing them how to move.
2: Yeah, that's,
0: that's a coach. That's mm-hmm. someone who wants yeah. to be involved. Not a guy sitting 100 yards away doing sweet ball.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. Nailed up, um, nailed up.
1: Now, the next guy, I haven't got much to talk about, so I'm going to leave you guys talk about him if you want. Rondell Kaya, undrafted free agent from James Madison in 2020. He's only 23 years of age, 780k on the cap. Um, he is a exclusive rights free agent in twenty twenty. So there's something there if you want to play with that. Um for me, I don't know. I think he's gonna be a guy that just because we brought him up from the practice squad. I think they're just gonna put him back down again. I don't know what you guys think. Probably. Can't body yeah. practice squad if he survives. makes makes it to the practice squad, yeah, yeah, yeah. The next guy, here we go. This is the most controversial player for me. On the entire Cowboys roster. Is this guy. And it's Bradley and I. That. You no, know, really? We were all. yeah, We were all loving this pick last year. And there is a reason. Why he never played. And I've got to the bottom of it. So he was a fifth round pick. Last year. 23 years of age. From Utah. Second year of his rookie contract. 83. Uh, 830k on the cap. But. I mean, I like Bradley and I, right? I do too. I mm-hmm. I think the explosiveness, the get-up, uh, the speed and the bend that he's got is absolutely astronomical. It is great to watch when you see it. But I actually think that there's two players that are, we've spoken about that we like that I don't think are year after training camp. One of them is Noah Brown. Um, I think he's going to be superseded by uh, Simifoco, and I think Bradley My, and I,
0: yes, I'm going to correct you on that. I think Cedric Wilson is going to be replaced. Cedric Wilson's 2.1 million hit. Noah Brown will be kept.
1: Mm, I know because of Noah Brown's special teams is exactly. that's the thing. That's the thing that keeps me. That that's the controversial part. But with me with Bradley and I, I think he's in the same boat. Yeah. I think he is very much going to struggle to make this roster. And it hurts to say that because I like him. But he couldn't break into the roster last year. We didn't even see him once. Well,
2: if all the guys that we mentioned, not even mentioning the rookies right now, you're talking about nope. six. You're talking about sp- no, we'll, we'll probably have about six defensive linemen, like mm-hmm. defensive ends, six of them. So yeah. three for three for each side, and that gives you still enough room to rotate based on what system is three four four three front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And in terms of defensive tackles, you're talking about roughly maybe pro- approximately the same. Yeah. So you're talking about you're talking about twelve defensive linemen, but then you then you've got like some Brent Urban that we were just talking about earlier, who could be a hybrid fit in that category left mm-hmm. right. So,
1: yeah. but with Bradley, <sighs> it's so tricky. Because, like, here's the
2: okay. trouble with it. Here's here, the here's, trouble. No, well, here, sorry, sorry, mate, but here's the thing. Go on, you go. And, and Dog mentioned this early on in terms of the upgrade of defence. So you mentioned, like, Sir Neil Parsons, Basham, Joseph, and Jabril Cox. They all have yeah. speed. If that's Bradley and I yeah. has right now, it's speed. He has got yeah. speed. So with Dan Quinn coming in, I think it could be one of those ones that Dan Quinn's like, oh, I've got a gem right here. It's like, I might want to use him. For maybe fucked down situations or whatever, and that you know, what I mean, and I can see Brian He's like, ah, yeah. Ah. <laughs> so oh, I'll, you, I'll let you. I'll let you go ahead, Brian.
0: No, you've you've nailed what I was going to say. I think like Bradley and I in Utah was a wrecking ball, and I think he's going to be a wrecking ball next year. I think I said five minutes ago, Darren Armstrong won't be on the roster. Yeah. Bradley and I is taking his spot.
1: I, I don't agree. know, the, I, the, I, and the, I agree. the biggest the biggest issue I that we've got with Bradley and I, and I think this is where it comes down to, is that is is testing when you look at it, is he, he, he he's right. He's forty. He was four point nine three. That ranks just at fifty percent, right? So then you go, okay, well, is he explosive? And we say he is. We've seen it. We haven't seen it in the NFL, but we have seen it on the field. But his vert was 31 inches. That's below the bottom half. So then his three-cone drill is 744. That's below the bottom half. His bench press is 25 reps. That's below the bottom half. So then the point I'm getting to, though, is that his arm length is only 32 inches long. That's in the bottom 10%. So he hasn't got huge range, and he doesn't have great bend or explosiveness. So you've got to think to yourself, Well, where is he going to get this win rate from in the NFL when he doesn't have a huge arm length and he hasn't got the speed?
0: And I think that's why
1: he struggled to get into the team last year, because although his arm length is short, he didn't have the other thing that he needed to get past that. Do you see where I'm coming from? Am I making sense?
0: Yeah, yeah. you are. But I think this is the thing with, with Bradley and I. Go back and watch his tape at Utah. right? Yes. I know he was yeah. playing in Pac-12. And nah, everything yeah, yeah. you're saying he didn't do, he did it on film. Yeah, And he yeah, is yeah. Getting, he's, he's getting OTAs, he's getting to the, the camp with Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn is going to see, Jesus, I have a guy here Let's see what I have with him. He's going to have to make, as I say, he has to make a call between Dorrance Armstrong and Bradley and I. And I think Dan Quinn is smart and I think he's going to pick up the yeah. and,
2: and, and He's me, going and,
0: to do something
2: with him. And I want to, to see him on special well.
1: teams. Because I think he, we see him yeah. on sp- special teams on, yeah. um, kick, uh, on uh, field goals. Him screaming off the edge, trying to come round and block the ball.
2: Oh aye, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: That's a spot for him, I think, that makes sense right but, now but, but, and then but you na- can deal with the rest. But,
2: but naturally, if you're like if you're special teams, nine times out of ten, it's always corners that are on the edge.
1: Yeah, agree.
2: So but again, we don't know. And again You don't know
1: how they're uh, gonna work it, it,
2: it, it, It's John Fassel. It's it's Bones. So we don't know mm. what to expect.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bones doesn't play by the rule book. No, he no. does not. And I love, it. Like, I love it. He's like he's like Dr.
1: House. But uh the next guy then is our rookies. We picked uh, an undrafted free agent up uh Azua Kamara. But the other guy we picked up in the third round from Iowa is Chancey Goldston, 23 years of age. Um I do believe he's signed now. Um yeah. so yeah. that's that lot done. Anything you want to add, because I know we've spoken about Chauncey Golston, before anything you want to add to him again, now in the positional breakdown before we move to the interior,
2: I'm happy that we've got Golston, but I'm just not happy where we got him at. That's the only thing. Like, so, you're yeah.
1: talking trade value, yeah, uh, sorry, draft value,
0: like,
2: like, like I, 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 I sorry, Brian, on you go, mate.
0: No, I was, I was just going to say, and, and this was the thing a lot of people said, we overdrafted him. But then we under drafted on Jabril Cox. That's if you true. flipped where yes. we drafted those two guys, the story yeah, yeah. would be would be very different.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know.
0: So let's let let's see what we have out of camp. I don't think he's a defensive end. I think he's going to be used in the defensive tackle position as well.
1: Yeah, I mean he's um
2: well not yeah,
1: you'd have to pile on a bit more weight. If or do you mean it, more as a pass rusher from the inside? rush from the inside three four that might work i can see that working as a sort of like a hybrid nascar defense
2: because his his measurables are pretty much like he's the same height as randy gregory and he's like 13 pounds heavier
1: Mm. yeah
2: so yeah you could do yeah
1: a little yep. bit more weight for the anchor. But if you wanted to play him as a, a rusher from the inside, I could see that working for him. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, all right. Let's move on then, guys, to the interior guys. Now, this right. is really what I've been looking forward to, the the interior guys. So, we'll start at the top with Tristan Hill. Now, we've seen him injured. Before he got injured, we really saw something coming along. And I always said, I've always been the proponent opponent, with Tristan Hill as defensive tackles, as we'll get to with Neville Gallimore, I always say, wait. They're not going to impact straight away. They're just It's not like you wave a magic wand with them and they become these guys that can just pile men. Um, so he's into his third year. Um, now, Tristan Hill, 23 years of age, pretty crazy to say, taken in the second round in 2019 from UCF Knights. He was the first pick of that draft. Because if you remember, we gave the first round mm. pick to get Amari Cooper. Yeah. Some people were on the fence with this pick. He's 1.3 mil on the the um, cap this year. But really what we're looking at is it's the pass rush skills, which are great from the inside. The injury concerns are there. But man, this guy uh, and... I'll talk at the end about a little plan that we've got, and I might do Tristan Hill to explain this a bit better. His explosiveness from the line. And they always say, and Paul, you'll agree with this, lowest man wins in the trenches. i 100%. And this guy, I don't know how a guy of this size gets so low. He is so low coming out of the blocks and he snap into anticipation is we'll put, unbelievable.
2: Well, put this in perspective against my guy Neville Gallimore. Tristan Hill's is six foot three and mm-hmm. bigger. He's actually bigger than Neville Gallimore.
1: Yeah, and, and yet he still gets underneath. He gets underneath yeah. them, and it, 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 when you watch it, like you pause it. Well, you know, like on YouTube, you get a little bit of that, that blur when you pause it. You pause it and you're looking at it and you're going, Tristan Hill, it's impossible for a human being to be that far behind the offensive guard. How is he all the way over there? And he looks like a blur going past him And And you pause it and you're like, that's not possible. He's done something different there. I absolutely love... Tristan Hill and I think if it wasn't for the injury we may have been even talking about a different type of defence and talking about Tristan Hill this year differently but what do you guys like about him and dislike about him?
2: To be honest I like the small glimpses that we did see him when he was on that field last season before the injury.
0: Mm,
2: That's, That's all I can really comment on
0: Yeah,
2: why he never really played during his rookie season we'll never know um.
0: I think a lot of that was to do with attitude problems, um, mm. because if you if you take it back to the UCF Knights when he who he played for in college, he didn't play in his last season in college, and mm. they were forced to bring him in in the last in in the bowl game that the Knights got to, and he dominated that game. I think it was literally two quarters he played, and he absolutely dominated it. Rod Marinelli fell in love with him from that, and then he got to Dallas, and there was a lot of attitude issues, and yeah. that's why he didn't get on the field.
1: I think there was some of that, and you kind of yeah. see it in his interviews as well. But I yeah. don't think it's attitude; I just think that that's the type of person that he is.
0: Yeah,
1: and that's, that maybe that's is, fair. yeah, you know, like some people have rest in bitch face. <laughs> You know, like that sort of deal. But let's talk about the <laughs> next guy. The next guy I know, um, I'm just going to leave it to one guy here. Neville Gallimore, 24, taken in the third round 2020 from Oklahoma. Rookie year deal, one mil on the cap. Um, looking at his grades, um, across the board, they were average. Bear in mind, these. I'm a big proponent, as I've always said, wait for the third year. With defensive tackles you always have to wait for the third the third year is what you're gonna yeah. get right now he was ranked uh 102nd amongst defensive players so for a rookie that is not bad at all not all of us can be chase young uh and break into the nfl that way but Doesn't chase young he...
0: become a defensive tackle no she a player <laughs> defensive player
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: defensive player um but hit me with it. What's Neville Gallimore good at, and what's he yeah. going to be better at?
2: Getting off the ball and forcing mm-hmm. offensive linemen back beyond the line of scrimmage, bull rushing—that is his bread and butter. Mm. Right. Getting an anchor, yeah. Especially when it comes to the pass. Especially when it comes to pass rush. In terms of his run de- run defense, he needs to be a little bit better still.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That's, that's anchor. Every- that's an anchor issue. That that, that yeah. that's something that can easily be switched on. But when he was playing with Oklahoma, he was really good at it. Just mm-hmm. I don't know if it was just because of the scheme under Mike Nolan. I'm not trying to make excuses for Gallimore, but but when you collectively put overall, when you saw Gallimore on the field, he con- he did contribute. It was just a shame that we had a piece of crap on the other side of the ball. Right, <laughs> and then I'll to be named. <laughs> so, uh, and as
1: well as you get him a year in the gym on yeah. an NFL weight program, on an NFL yeah. training program, on a dietary program, all the rest of it.
2: Have any of you guys seen Nebo on social media right now? Uh, no, go and check him out right now. I've looked, when you compare him from when he came in as a rookie to now, mm-hmm. he doesn't look soft anymore, he looks mm-hmm. solid. Absolute yeah, yeah. solid. So, yeah. for me, I've got a lot of high expectations for him this season.
1: Yeah,
2: I, I think I, I think this season is... And, and this is going to be a bold statement for me, right? He is going to have a stellar year. I reckon he'll have at least four sacks.
1: Mm. And he's not that type of guy. He's not that no, sack-y he's not. type of guy
2: he's either. Not. I think he will have no. four sacks.
1: Okay. Um. I mean, what what about for you, Bry? What What is it with Neville Gallimore that we should be excited about?
0: As Paul says, bull rush. That's what you want from a defensive tackle. I think we're going to get you guys later in this, and it really depends on whether it's a four three or a three four, where That's- Neville Gallimore plays. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Because
0: yeah. ultimately, we. Can't say
2: this guy's gonna have a great season, this guy's gonna have a great season, not until we see on the field if it's a 3 4 or 4 3. Just to add on top of that, Brian, we don't know yeah. how he would fit on a 3 4 because we've never seen them up the Yeah, so
0: mm-hmm.
2: is he going to be a pure uh, zero layman nose tackle rather than a defensive tackle? We don't know. I don't know yeah. if he is that. I always see Neville Gallimore as like a free tech or a one tech, more preferably as a one tech closer to the center to get yeah. that in the more net gap, so he can close. And
0: you think pressure.
1: as well, he spent uh, in Oklahoma, he spent a lot of time facing good offensive linemen. That's mm-hmm. the Big Twelve. The Big yeah. Twelve are renowned yeah. for it. Um, so it should be interesting. But the only thing I will say is, I always say it, and I'll say it even for Neville Gallimore. If we see. A, a, an increase or an incline in him, that's great, but wait for the third year. Defensive tackles, you've always got to wait for that third year. That third yeah. year seems to be when they've got the bulk, they've got the body and the brains to go with the position. It just takes that amount of time. Uh, not everyone, like I say, can be Arnold Donald or Zach Martin that just walk into it. Uh, the yeah. next guy then, um, I'm not too sure about, so I need you guys to help me with this one. Justin Hamilton, an undrafted free agent in 2015 for the Bills. He's 27 years of age. He's in the second year of his contract with the Cowboys, 920K on the cap. For me, I've looked at it. I mean, he played five games for us. He got 10 tackles. You know, at the end of the day, where he came from, FCS team team. Uh, I think it was Louisiana Lafayette. I might be yep. wrong. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um I just think he needs a lot of a refinement. But the big thing I put next to it, you you were waving your thumb right, so I'll come to you. I put yeah. cut question <laughs> mark. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Gone. Out the door. You've you've a couple of rookies there that are gonna cost you less anyway. So bye-bye. Well, I, I'm Move
2: not I'm, I'm not in favour of him right now because what he's done with his number.
1: I have
2: not seen that. He's now the new number 99, which I'm not happy about.
1: Mm, okay, I oh, see where you're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, no. and, and everyone knows who oh, my boy oh, is. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see
1: and, where you're going. Yep, so... I see where you're going.
2: I'm not I'm not too yeah. thrilled about that. I'm not too thrilled about that. The fact he's yeah. taking an old teammate's number, a teammate that he knows. I wouldn't be mad if it was a rookie who took it. For example, Quentin Boana. If he was to take number 99, that's understandable. But Justin <laughs> <Kristen laughs> Hamilton, a teammate who was with Antoine Woods, just like, nah, I'll take your number, mate. Nah. Mate, on your job, on. <laughs> on your, On your job, mate. I'm sorry, mate. That that to me, <laughs> no, that doesn't cut it for me, man. I'm sorry. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, um, okay. I mean, we're all in agreement on that one. Uh, now here's the next guy. So we're onto the um, onto the the rookies that we picked up this year. So we'll start with Osei Odigizua, UCLA Bruins, taken in the third round. His brother actually played for the Giants. Um, so a lot of Giants will tell you how lazy his brother was. Um, just basically, he he does have a, a little bit of that, a lack of urgency, I will say. Um, but his last year. Over at UCLA, 30 tackles, four sacks coming from the middle. Um, yeah. I actually quite like the guy, and I put a post up on him uh, this week. Yeah. I'm not sure if you guys seen it yet. That, um, basically, from his conference, he was ranked first in um, – uh, I'm trying to remember. Hold on. Let me see if I can get the picture up. He ranked first. Oh, here we go. Uh, pressures were – he had 25 pressures. Which ranked first and defensive mm-hmm. stops he had 19, which ranked first.
0: That's not bad,
1: yeah. And that's the pack 12, so a lot can be said about that, but it shows <laughs> that he's got the ability to do it. Um, yeah. what, what's your take, Brian? On Odigizua, give it to me.
0: Look, you, you've said it, it's a project. It's yeah, come and talk to me in two years' time. Let's see where we are with him, you know. Do I think he's going to displace the two guys that are in front of him? No, I don't. But look, let's let let's give him a chance. Let's see what he looks like in camp. Numbers look good, measurables look good, but you have to give him time on the field.
1: Yeah. Uh, what about you? What, what's your take on uh, Osa then, uh, Paul?
2: Yeah, just a follow-up on Brian. Now I, I, I see him. He's not going to be an absolute star for a star. You know what I mean? So I think given time, under the right coaching, that you'll give him time. You will probably will contribute to the, the team. I Depending on what, how the Cowboys are going to structure their roster, yeah, on how how it is, you'll definitely be in the practice squad for sure. Like, for, if, if, if things were to go south in his direction, but you will be in the team...
1: Yeah, I think he'll make the team. I think practice squad is too far. If he goes to the practice squad, he's gonna get poached. Oh yeah,
2: oh, yeah, yeah, that's
1: a yeah. good point. Yeah, yeah, he'll
0: get poached straight he, away. He's, he, on, he'll make the team. I think he'll make oh, the team yeah, yeah, because yeah. we're going, we're going, like we're going to go heavy on defensive end types. Brent Urban is also a guy who can slide inside, so I think there's no doubt he'll make the team.
1: And here's the crazy thing about um, about Osa that people haven't actually realized. He's actually got an 84-inch wingspan, which ranks 92nd percentile. That's huge. He's just going to gobble any running back that comes in through that gap. That's a huge yeah. space to chew up. Um, yeah. So and it's just something. Go on.
0: Isn't he a former All-State Wrestling champion as well? Yes, he, he is. one of those guys.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three times. I think it's three time. I think he won it three yeah. times. Um, there we that, go. We, yeah, we was going there, mate. The next guy is actually one of my most favourite picks of the draft. Quentin yes. Bohana. Yes. Yes. Six-round pick. <laughs> um, this guy is a nose tackle. It, uh, what's funny is yeah, I wrote it in big not, pen, he's, too.
2: He's not a defensive tackle. He's a pure, natural nose. Pen. NT. he is a zero. He is designed for the 3 4 defense. Oh, yeah, for that.
1: What is funny (laughs) is, I wrote on my bit of paper next to Quentin Bohana, and I wrote it in big pen as well.
0: I wrote big. Can can I can I can I can I quote Graham on this? (laughs) go for the first guy off the friggin' (laughs) bus,
1: yeah. I've, um, I've, I've,
2: see, for me, if you were to put a comparison of what type of thing you would expect to see in the field, maybe not as impactful, I will say that, but what he can do in terms of hogging up the offensive line is Vince Wilford. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Like, yeah. What, what Wilford, like, like, like What What Like Vince Wilford could do, he can actually like smother in three defensive guys and not move them back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just like, get your arms in there and just clog the hole. And but what what is good that you mention about that is I think what Dan Quinn is going to ask him to do is play the two gapper, and that is with the size that he is, he'll be able to to he'll be able to do that two gap two gapper type player perfectly. He'll be able to drift over both shoulders because he's just that big.
2: Yeah, if he can blindside the guard, holy yeah. crap. That guard, uh, that guard is going to be absolute toast. Yeah, because they won't see it coming.
1: Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I definitely think that this was one of our better picks. Oh, absolutely. And when I was looking yeah. at it, the I, first I, thing I, that popped.
2: I rate this pick higher than the Gibraltar Cox pick.
1: Yeah, in some sense, I see where you're going. For I not right. for just. Not just for his ability, but for the type of role that he will play on the defense. Yeah, 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 yeah. That like, he's that two gapper. He is a two gapper defense in the middle at that zero position, like you say, and he's gonna f- he's- he'll play it perfectly.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely.
0: Yeah, and, the, and the, uh, the thing the thing about him is he's also a nasty boy.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, <which> I. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have had for years.
2: That's the thing, Brian. Like, like, and this this could be said about a lot of the rookies that we did. I would say seventy five percent of all the rookies that we did draft, even the a offensive lineman that we drafted, which is still questionable. At the end. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. If there's one word that you can associate with the majority of all these guys that we did, Brian, and you just said it is nasty. Every single, not every single one of them, but the majority of them are nasty. They have a nasty, like. They just want a smash-mouth football. That's exactly yeah. what we need.
0: <laughs> do, 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 I'll, I'll be honest and say, do you know what this reminds me of? Some of Jimmy Johnson's drafts. Fast, attitude, nasty will go after you. That's like type of players we have looked at in this
2: draft, as, and I yeah. like it. Listen, if we, if we didn't get 15 Kevin Goggins on our te- team, by the way, they <laughs> we <we're just talking. laughs>
1: oh, <laughs> And, like, here's I the thing like that, that that you've got to look at as well, right, that he is a pure nose tackle, and yeah, people yeah. people dismiss it, not dismissing him, but like, oh, he's a 6 round guy. Okay, name me how many nose tackles are taken in day 2 not, not many, many at all
0: not nobody really
1: because bo- you don't get you, you don't need to you, you, it's like taking a punter or a kicker or a long snapper you're not going to take them in day 2
0: because that's or what the safety. nose tackle is is it <laughs> if you're the
1: cowboys yeah um but yeah i mean like you don't go out and you don't go and draft a nose tackle. It is going to happen because there are those type of players out there, but it's not that often. Just the same as there are teams that take punters and kickers in day two. It's just the same thing with a nose tackle. And that's what I was trying to explain to people before. Is it like, look, he's a nose tackle. You're not going to draft him in, you know, the third round or the fourth round. It's just way too early for that type of player. Um. And then the last play we got then is an undrafted free agent from Oregon, uh Austin Fowleo. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that right. Um, I think he's just an outside guy. I don't know what they're yeah, gonna I'm do probably. with him. I check yeah, I checked his statistics and he he's yeah. got a few he's got a handful of tackles on one particular season. Uh and yeah. that was about it there. But do you guys want to add anything more to the defensive line, guys, on the positional breakdown series before we move it on? And we wrap uh, things up. Well there's Austin fail you as well. Do yeah, you, I just mentioned Ollie? him. Oh, I yes, just God, mentioned him. Sorry, I was yeah. on my
2: phone there, no, sorry. I yes, I it. know
1: you was. It's sorry. good that you're with us there, Paul. Good that you're with us. Thank
0: you <laughs> very much. I had uh, it, was, it was just I'm not my, asking who was on the other end of that phone call. It was my mum. Oh. No, okay. Yeah, yeah that, kind that, that, spoiled, that, that kind of spoiled that kind of spoiled our fun there. Eh, yeah, it? It yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: No, she was just asking how my daughter was doing. No.
1: Nah. We can't oh, say anything bad. We can't say anything bad about Mama Stewart. No.
2: Yeah. I nope. can. I can.
1: No, well, we're <laughs> not. We're not. Nope. She's gonna make a she's gonna make a ale pie for when I come up to visit you. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. Oh, oh. Oh, all right then. I'll leave it at that then. <laughs> But that is it for I'll the positional breakdown. Yeah, all right, then you cook it. Let's check out your cooking skills.
2: I'll just go my bitch and something, it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but we'll quickly wrap yeah. things up, guys. Uh, I'll pay the bills and let you guys finish the show off as we do every week. So, guys, of course, here it is. Yeah, Cowboys Experience. If you're going to a game this year, Make sure you book it with Cowboys Experience. They have game day tickets, game day packages, stadium tours and tailgate parties you will not want to miss. Uh, obviously, if you go to any of the events, send them to us. They go straight to the top of our social media as well. Uh, and obviously, make sure when you go to book it, you use the booking code Cowboys. Because guess what happens when you do, guys?
2: You get free stuff.
1: Don't be a clown. It ain't that hard. You just say the word.
0: <laughs>
1: it's even got the word cowboys in it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but guys, yeah, that is it. Next week we got linebackers, uh, which should be a, even more fun. I do like doing the defensive lineman, but the linebackers, I think this is gonna be the finicky one. And we'll get a special guest on as well next week. Won't say who it is just yet. Uh, he has mm-hmm. been on the show before, but we'll get a, a special guest on to talk about the linebackers. We'll have him to come in and give us a bit of swagger and a bit of his own take.
2: Well, um, you kind of you kind of have given away for, by the fifty percent now. You'd already said it's a he. Yeah,
1: true. Oh, know, know. was I, that a red? Was that a red herring?
0: Oh god! I know some girls who'd be very disappointed
1: to hear that. Mm. Hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> But guys, it has been UK Cowboys TV for another week. Thank you very much for watching us uh, and giving us your likes and all the rest of it. Rate as well our podcast and YouTube channel if you get a chance. Just give us a thumbs up. Um, That would be most appreciated. And we will see you next week when we continue the positional breakdown series and get a little bit closer to camp. Uh, So take it away, guys, and we'll finish the show off. Catch you Good night.